Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. I had to take a second there. My days and nights are mixed up. Anyway. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be sort of weird if Brupolo was in Guntown. Brewtown? That would be, that's much better than Gun Brew, I would say. You've used you've used Brewtown, I think, like four or five times on towns and then with towns. Well, I mean that's that that's like the first thing though, right? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm just I trying to give all our great cities in this state the the, the 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 credit that they deserve. Have you used Louisville yet? I'm sure I've used Brewisville, yes. I don't think you have. Wow. The other the other side of that coin, which I'm pretty sure I have, but even even if I haven't. I mean, you give Louisville more love than anybody on this show, so it's not a big deal. We, you know, we, we, we don't ever, ever discount Winston County here on this show. You know it. I mean, there is, there is no limit in how much exposure we can give to Winston I County. So. I don't disagree with you. Okay. Anyway, proceed. I will proceed now. Wherever you are in our great state, you can always get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, they've got a strange brew coffee for you, including the super fantastic and awesome and popular and always in stock K-Cups. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. You find it at College Corner because they have the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can just shop online at College Corner Store. Com. Humble Taco. Today would uh, yesterday would have been as you're listening, Wing Wednesday at Humble Taco. I'm telling you, you know, for a place that has mastered the taco, that's what they've done at Humble Taco. Their wings are awesome. Those Mexican smoked wings, just a little different than anything. Uh, again, and that's the thing with Humble Taco. Everything they have is just a little different than what you're expecting when you when you go out. So, if you're looking for something different, something unique, uh, an ex- a dining experience you haven't had before. Or if you've been to Humble Taco and you know what I'm talking about, that it's just plain awesome, head over to University Drive and get you something from Humble Taco. What are you looking for for lunch today? Why not Firehouse Subs? Robbie, did you take advantage of the uh, free sub for an R? No, because I wasn't in Starville yesterday. I was very upset about that. God, you, um, you had to figure out a way. It was worth the gas money. I know. It really was. I, sh- I should have done it. I just okay. didn't. And, I, and now I'm, I might not ever get this opportunity again. I am sure that they will they will come through for you again. But again, guys, I told you, follow Firehouse Hubs on Twitter. They have got a lot of great deals, and they're doing all this this crazy stuff, giving away free stuff. So check it out. And, of course, download the Firehouse Subs app so you can get 
free subs from them just by piling up reward points every time you order. Locations are in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Mississippi State Baseball, huh? Okay. Um, We're going to do this again, huh? I, every bad season has that, that moment, right, where it's like, okay, this is as bad as it gets. And then it, another bad moment. Oh, okay, this is – I think Tuesday night may have been the, the low point. The, to give up two grand slams. And that's really all you gave up, but it, you can't give up eight runs and two swings. And you lose a game to Samford at the Hoover Met. That may be your only trip to the Hoover Met you make this uh, this year. How fitting was that? They, <laughs> they lost at Hoover they, Met? They go, they go to the Hoover Met, a place where it's now trending. They're not going to end up and lose to Samford there. Kind it's pretty nice. fitting. It's pretty fitting when you, when you, when you look at it. So. And another night where walks get them, where the two guys who might have the best stuff overall on the team can't make pitches when they need to, Tepper and Fristo, where you can't get some timely hit. I mean, it, it, it was a, a summation, a, a synopsis of what this season has been for Mississippi State. State, since they lo- they beat Ole Miss on Sunday, since they had the walk, well, not the walk-off, but the, uh, the, not, the uh, extra inning home run from uh, Brad Cumbus. Is one and seven, and quite honestly, uh, they will will probably be two and thirteen. That's how they're going to finish the season. They're one and seven. I, mean, I don't have a lot of faith in them to win a game in the SEC, and then they'll they'll play North North Alabama and beat them. I think that is a that's a monumental collapse from a point where after you beat Ole Miss, you thought, okay, this team has some momentum. This team has something going. They're going to go over to Missouri and get that series, and then it's going to be – you sort of see what happens the final three weeks of the season. I look back now, and tell me if you agree with this. I look back now. The season ended against LSU. Getting swept at home by LSU in a series where you legitimately could have taken two out of three, that's where this really went south for Mississippi State, and it's just been sort of this hanging on, hanging on. And like you said earlier, doing the thing we did with the baseball team – or the basketball team, where we just get, well, if they could do this, well, and now we're at the point where they're just not going to do that. Robbie, this is a pretty bad collapse. I, injuries is one thing. I get that. But how did it get to this point? I, I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, teams are not really as bad as their record or as mm-hmm. bad as they're showing. Absolutely. It's just the fact that things compound together. You get the snowball rolling down the hill and you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. things just progressively get worse. And I think at this point, you've got a locker room that is not belligerent or not, you know, defiant or anything like that, but I think they're all dejected. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what else can we do? The ball's not bouncing our way. When we hit, we, we can't pitch. When we pitch, we can't hit. <clears throat> you know, about the only thing they've done really well this year is defend. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that seems to bite them in the butt. When they no have buttons. had bad defending, Robbie, it has come at the absolute yeah. worst time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just not working this year for Mississippi State. And I think it gets to a point where you just realize it's over. And I think this team's realized it's over. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, – <clears throat> they won't admit it. They won't t- – Chris Lamonis won't tell you that this team is giving up or they're quitting or anything like that. But you can see it on these guys' faces how dejected they are. Mm-hmm. It, it's only human nature 
to at some point just kind of lose the will to to really you know kind of enforce that will on on your team in games and I think this team's gotten there I, I I just don't think that the desire is is there as much as it was um and I mean I can't, I can't blame them I mean I don't think they they gave up during the season I don't think that it's been lack of effort or anything like that I just think that it just didn't work this year for Mississippi State and eventually it just it, it's come to this what what's been a more surprising thing for you the fact that State's big three batters, and I would say that's Hancock, James, and Tanner, have just not taken that step forward we all thought they were going to take. Or, you know, and, and, and these guys were unproven, but I think we both thought that Fristo and Tepper would be guys that had huge roles this year, that they'd throw the ball hard, they've got velocity, and that they would, they would really put it together this year and be big pieces. And that not only have they not, They've been detriments at times more than positives. What's more surprising to you of those two things? Uh, well, you know, one thing about the hitting is it, it's not that I don't think these players have improved or anything. Mm-hmm. They're just not getting the hits that, that they need. I mean, let's let's look at it from last year. I, I'd venture to say most of these guys have increased their batting average, their home runs, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um so really, it's just the you know getting those the key hits. All right, Logan Tanner, top returning batting average from last year at two eighty seven. Mm-hmm. He's he's leading the team at three seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Cam James was batting two sixty four. He's come up almost forty points. He's at three oh three. Brad Cumbus was batting three oh six. Cumbus has had the big leap. Yeah, he's which his batting average is about the same. But he's had more at bats this year, mm-hmm. and his let's say he's got twelve home runs. Last year he had five. Yeah. Uh, so these guys have all improved. Luke Hancock was batting two sixty two last year. A lot of people coming after him. He's eighteen points higher than he was a year ago. Their, their batting average has improved. This team is batting two seventy eight, mm-hmm. which is the exact batting average they had last year with one of the best players in school history and Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan in that lineup. They don't have those kind of hitters. Um, they don't have the, the you know, the guys that, that are situational hitters come through with a big hit like uh, uh, Rowdy and Tanner. And I thought that was going to happen. I thought that especially – Hancock I thought was just going to be a solid guy, right? Yeah. But I thought that James and Tanner would have big jumps this year – and sort of fill in the, the holes that Tanner Allen and, and Rowdy Jordan left behind. Well, and, and, has- the, and they did. They did. Statistically, they've had big jumps. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is this team has had to approach the game differently. They're pressing at the plate now because the pitching is so bad. The pitching has been so bad for Mississippi State that it forces your offense to try to do too much. I think that's what we're seeing up and down the lineup. We're seeing guys at the Hoover Met swing for the fences. And, I mean, that's just – that's not what this offense needed to do. And last night was kind of the same thing. Got guys on base, and they need just a, you know, a ground ball to the right side to move a runner or something like that. And they're at, they're at the Hoover Met trying to hit three-run home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's not what sort you – Sort of the same that, thing at Pearl. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you got to adjust. So I don't know. Is, I, it, I, th- I think the, the, the overall, the biggest issue has been the pitching because mm. it's trickled down to everything else. I mean, the pitching is just awful. It's been bad. It's which been really is, bad. Which, you know, what, what stinks is it's kind of the microcosm of the year. Last night, you have a revelation with Cole Cheatham. Yeah. Come in there and, and pitch his best performance of the year, and that's a freshman that gave you a chance. He's now got a two seven zero earn on average. He is now your best guy out of the bullpen from a statistical standpoint. But two of the guys that you were relying on coming into the season to make a jump, Jackson Fristo and Mikey Tepper, they didn't give you the performance they needed to, and that's why you lost the game. You give up eight runs in the first three innings. Tepper's now climbing up to 10-run earn-run average. Hmm. That's very disappointing. And I think you could um, put Toller in that group, too, couldn't you? I mean, I don't know uh, if yeah, he's expecting huge things from him, but you did not expect him to be what he has been this year. Yeah, I, I mean, and that changed his arm slot, and you know they thought they were going to be able to get a lot out of him this year, and it just didn't happen. I mean, th- those are the guys you had to have step up, especially when you lost Landon Sims and Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger, because, you know, Auger – was really one of your more steady guys left. And mm-hmm. when he fell out, I mean, you just had nobody. I mean, your best two pitchers, I don't think you could argue with this, your best two pitchers right now are freshmen, Pico and Cole Cheatham. Mm-hmm. In terms of what they're doing right now, yeah. And have probably been the most mentally stable that we've seen in their last few appearances. You know, che- Cheatham came in against – uh. Uh, who was it, Missouri, and really kind of put out the fire in that mm-hmm. awful game they had on Saturday. And then last night put out the fire as well. Pico is – every time Pico comes in the ball game, you know you're going to get a competitive outing. You feel you like Pico Khan has made the statement, I'll start next year. Yes. And, you know, he, he might give up a solo home run, but he's going to come out and compete. He's not going to walk a ton of guys. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw strikes, and he's going to compete. And we haven't seen enough competing from the pitchers. And competing is a word that, you know, you know that Lamonis loves that word, uses it all the time. And, and what he says, when he says compete, what, he, what he's talking about is, can they, are they trying? Are they going to do the things that are necessary to win? You may, you, you may, not, do, you may not win, but you're at least going to be able to go out there and, 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 you know, you're not just going through the motions. And honestly, this team this year, I have never felt like they were just going through the motions. You know, and even last night, to, or you know, I guess it's two nights ago as you're as you're listening, eight nothing, great, but they 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 kept fighting. They 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 made it. They tried to make a comeback, and it was just too much there at the end when you give up eight runs on two swings of the bat. So, I don't think it's. I really don't think it's an effort thing, and that's really frustrating, right? Because if it's not, if they just given up, you could say, okay, well, they've just given up. That's why they're losing. I know Mississippi State is a more talented team top to bottom than Samford. I know they're more talented top to bottom than probably. I mean, how many losses do they have now? 21, 22? 24. 24. Oh, God. I didn't realize that. They're, they're about to fall below 500. They'll be below 500 at the end of the season. But they've probably been, you know, more talented than most of the teams that they have, that have beaten them this year. The talent has not delivered, and that to me is the most frustrating way to lose. When you you feel like you have good players, well, sort of what going back to what you just said a second ago. When you're not as bad as your record says you are, that, that there's major league talent. You know, Tanner's a guy who's going to be a, a high draft choice. James will get picked. Cumbus will get picked. Kellum Clark and Hunter Hines down the road 
are going to get picked. Jaeger, you know, as a senior, doesn't have he won't make a big money contract, but he'll get picked somewhere. You know, you got talent, but they, it has just not performed this year. Yeah, and I, I don't know what else we can say about this team. I mean, my opinion has not changed on Chris Lamonis. No, since we talked on Sunday. No, my opinion on Mississippi State moving forward has not changed. It's just. It is what it is right now, and it's not going to get better. We, I've seen this. You've seen this from teams in every sport. When things just aren't going your way like this, it just doesn't get better more often than not, especially this late in the season. So this season's done. I feel very comfortable in saying that. Mm -hmm. I don't. I have no delusions that Mississippi State's about to go on a run here in the last two weeks, make it to Hoover, and win that tournament and make it into the the uh, the NCAA regionals. Right. This isn't. I, I don't see 2018 in this team. I don't see 2017 in this team. Right. This team just doesn't have it, and it's not a talent issue for me. It's. I, I don't think some of these guys have developed like you wanted them to, and I think several issues have just compounded. You're going to have to just completely retool this roster in the off season, and we're already starting to see it some in recruiting class. We're starting to uh, hear rumblings that they're going to go heavy in the portal. Chris Lamonis is already preparing to retool this roster. I think we're going to see a lot of attrition. I think we're going to see attrition in the recruiting classes. We've already seen it with three or four guys. Mm -hmm. I think that Lamonis knows that he's got to he's got to do it next year. He's got to get this team back on track, and I think they're going to go all in on the transfer portal. I think the other thing to, to remember, and I saw somebody – we're going to, it's just sort of be a message board heavy kind of day because there's some good there's some good stuff on the message boards. But somebody talked about how did this become a rebuilding year? This isn't a rebuilding year. It's just a bad year. I mean, this isn't a year where I mean you've got Hines and Alford and Downs, right? But it's not like they're big contributors and you're still losing. Only Hines really is. This is just a bad year. You're losing with veteran, experienced players. You've had some injuries, obviously, to the pitching staff, but. By and large, the, a good chunk of the nucleus of your national championship team returned. This is don't I, I would not use the word rebuilding to describe this year. Would you? No, no. This is not a rebuilding year. It's just like you said. It's just it's just bad. It, it just happened that way. And you know, next year could be considered a rebuilding year, or it could be a transition year, or whatever you want to call it. Depends on what it, the portal stuff looks like. It's got. If if you want if you don't want it to be a rebuilding year, you've got to go get you have to go all in and go get some guys that can transform things right away. Mm -hmm. You have to get four or five RJ Yakers. Yeah, you you've got to get some pitchers out of the portal that are going to come in right away and make a difference. Because if you don't get that, it will be a rebuilding year. If you get some guys that, you know, no offense to him, but Jess Davis has not been a transfer that has effectively change things for Mississippi State. They need the R.J. Yeagers of the world. They need those guys to come in that are going to be some of the best players on your roster right away and make a big-time impact. Yeah. Is that doable? Is that uh, – maybe not doable is the right word. Is it feasible? Is, is, it, is it feasible to believe that there are four or five SEC-quality starters that can just come into Mississippi State and, and, and immediately improve that roster? Just going to be out there in the pool? I think it is. Okay. Um, you know, uh, this is a little bit different circumstance because he was leaving a team, but Jay Johnson raided that Arizona roster mm -hmm. and brought in guys that helped him right away. 
And right. like I said, that's a little different because but he got his he own guy. guys from his own guys. But right. you can Texas A and M has has changed their roster a little bit mm-hmm. um, this year with some transfers. You can go out there. It's just the nature of the game these days. You know, Mississippi State basketball men and women are looking to do that. You can go out there and in one season very do a very good job of changing and retooling your roster and changing your circumstances. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the, the, the line is so thin for Mississippi State th- this year to being a good team. I mean, the, I don't think this team is that far off. They just couldn't get over the hump. Look at all those games that, that were so close that were in their grasp that they just didn't win. I don't think that State is that far off like their record says they are. They're, they're not a team that's, that should be below 500. This team is, could be better than that. just didn't turn out this year. It's interesting. To, this, team, this team is a very interesting case study for, for, well, for whatever reason. And I, I don't know uh, – I guess the, 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 the hypothesis is like how did it go wrong? I, because I honestly don't know. I know that the losses of Sims and, and, and Simmons early in the season were detriments, but State was, as I've said many times, State was playing poorly before that. And you said, you mentioned like, talk about stats or, you know, numbers never lie. And the stats say that State's a good hitting team and they have been throughout, but they, that they have not, I, I, if there was an, a, a stat for timely hitting, you know, and I know runners in scoring position is probably it. But even then, it feels like you know, State's found some times where they've been able to drive guys in, and then there have just been some times when it, when it matters the most late in games or I don't know how to put it, but they, they haven't been able to strike when they need to. So this is, it's just been a, a, an incredibly frustrating year, and it's going to end on a really bad note because A&M is hot right now, and they're a team that's you know sort of in that national seed discussion. They want to stay there. And Tennessee, I think Tennessee, they, they're not a team like Florida a few years ago. Even if they've clinched everything and locked everything up this weekend, they're going to come down here looking to make a state, especially when you're talking about playing. Even though State is bad this year, they are still the defending national champions, and knocking them around says something. You know, yeah. to beat up the defending national champion means something to, to people. So I think Tennessee is going to come in here looking to make a statement and, and really put it to Mississippi State. It's going to be tough for State to win any of those remaining six conference games. We'll see what happens, uh, but it could be a really poor finish to the season uh, for the Bulldogs. Uh, and listen, that, you know, after that, Chris Lamonis has got to wash his hands of this season, thank the, thank the seniors, thank whoever else, you know, is, is leaving. And he's got to put his – he and his staff have to put their head down. They've got to fix this. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to fall at the feet of these coaches – there's blame to be put on the players for things. There's blame to be put on the coaches. It's up to Chris Lamonis and the staff to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, he and his staff, their jobs are safe. They're a year removed from winning a national championship. We, we can't be bringing up the fact they, they need to lose their job. Right. But they've got to fix it. And that starts day one after the last series or whenever the season ends for Mississippi State. They're going to have to put their head down and go to work. And I think – uh, I know Chris Lamonis pretty well. This is eating him alive right now. You he can, can tell us when you talk to him. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is, and and he's one of those guys that, just like Tanner Allen says, never get too high, never get too low. Chris has always been that way. The only time I've seen him get 
too high or too low is when he was dogpiling when he ran out of the dugout and dogpiled with the team. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that is very even kill. That's what makes him such a great coach. He didn't just forget how to coach. He didn't forget how to manage a team. He's going to figure this out, and uh, I have complete faith that he will. I, I still believe that Chris Lamonis is an elite coach in this game, and he's going to figure this out and fix it. I agree. I agree with you 100% on that. So, All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. Let's talk to our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you're looking for something, you know, you're at the store, you're thinking, what am I going to fix for dinner tonight? Why not beef? Why not a beef stir fry or a hamburger or some spaghetti? Man, everything you like to cook has beef in it. Simple as that. So if you're looking for great recipes, no better place better than msbeef.org. They've got the recipes. They've got information about the Mississippi Beef Council and what it does here in our state. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. The best. It's just the best. I mean, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think I need to say anything else. If you say something's the best, what, what, I mean, what else am I supposed to pile on top of that? Great stuff. Great people. Great atmosphere. You always have a good time when you go there. You never have a complaint when you leave. You're always looking forward to your next trip back. It's, it's, I mean, it's... it's everything you're looking for in a restaurant and a bar here in Starkville. So next time you're here or whenever you're here, make sure that two brothers is on the list for you. They make it simple at advantage business systems. They really do great products and great service, which I know, I know other businesses promise that, but who delivers, who really shows up when it matters, when your business needs a repair to a, to a product, who's the one telling you, okay, we can be there maybe seven to 10 days. And who's telling you, we can be there tomorrow. Your business can't afford to wait. That's why you've got to deal with Advantage Business Systems. They understand service because they are a Mississippi business just like you. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Back to the message board here, mainly because, as you know, so if you're, if you're not a wrestling fan, I know I'm going to turn some people off here, but if you're not a wrestling fan, there's a term called Mark. And a Mark is a sort of an uninformed fan or another way would be like, I'm just going to cheer for this guy no matter what. I am a Mark. Brian Haydad is a Mark for Emmanuel Forbes. I like the guy. I think he's a great corner. But there's a threat here on, 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 on the 24-7 message board. It shows uh, the, uh, the 2023 big board, obviously very early in the draft process. Five corners from the SEC on that list. Not one of them is a manual Forbes. It makes me realize two things. One, I think Forbes should be on that list. But two, man, there is some elite, elite cornerback talent here in this conference this season. I mean, all five of those guys, uh, you know, when you say these the, you know, top 32, that means potential first-round picks. And then you've got a guy like Forbes, who I agree with what's being said in this thread, that Forbes is a playmaker but hasn't shown that down-in and down-out coverage consistency that made him the, the guy who got the picks. The reason he got the picks is because no one threw at Martin Emerson. So I guess my question, Robbie, is this. Can, can Do you think Forbes can become more consistent this season and, and, and leap up those draft boards? I do. You know, I think he needs to put on uh, a little more muscle, a little more weight. Still, still I can help really him with that if he's interested. It may not be muscle. Yeah, we can get him some uh, some beef. Yeah, Mississippi Beef Council. Brothers and all that good stuff. 
Uh, you know, it's funny you, you bring this up. He literally just quote tweeted that tweet from Pro Football Focus with a uh, with a pin emoji. So, um, so he's thinking about it too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, what he's shown his first two years is a guy that can that just has. There's not many people in college football that can do what he does. Mm-hmm. He's done it even with the issues of putting on weight or whatever. But he reminds me a lot of Cam Dantzler. Dantzler came in a lot like that as yeah. well. But he is no, and there's no question in my mind. I think he's an NFL guy. Oh, for sure. He's got the playmaking ability to do it, and I think he's got the coverage skills to do it. We haven't seen him just you know running, running around, and um, you know five, ten yards behind a receiver. He's he's made plenty of plays, but he's also done a pretty good job in his coverage. So I think what we've seen from him in his first two years is only going to get better for Mississippi State this year because he's a guy, too, that I think can handle the pressure of being the guy. You know, he's benefited a lot of what Martin Emerson has been able to do the last two years, shutting down his side of the field. The ball has gone his way more. Um, so, you know, we, we know he can make the plays. Now we need to see more consistency, like you said, and what we saw from Martin Emerson of shutting down his side of the field and creating his own island. And I think he's he's got the ability to do that. The thing about Forbes is this. If he does display this, this consistency that we're talking about, right, if he becomes a, uh, a, a guy you can trust down in and down out, like I said, combined with his playmaking ability, Never mind first-round pick. We're talking top five, top ten kind of pick. We're talking about one of the top quarterbacks in the country because you've seen what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands and he makes the picks. But now you're talking about a guy who can also shut down a team's best receiver. Is it fair to say that maybe his ceiling is higher than than, than some of the other guys on this list? Ceiling's very high. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, Because there's such a premium – on guys that can that can make plays like that. I mean, you basically have another receiver out there uh, with a guy like that. I mean, a guy that can that can go one on one and go up there and get a ball. The, the length is uncommon that he has. Very long, lean guy that's athletic. Of course, has great ball skills. So it's one thing to shut somebody down and have you know good speed out there and good uh, you know press principles. But to go out there and high point a football like he does, take a ball away from somebody, is is something that to me is a lot like what Jonathan Banks was able to do at Mississippi State. And I think mm-hmm. Banks was a second round pick. That's correct. Yeah, and, and the Jim Thorpe Award winner. Mm-hmm. I you know I don't know about I don't know if he'll be a, a a first round pick or anything like that. But it's really hard to believe that he doesn't get the press that some of these other guys get. You would, you would think that he would get a lot more because people look at those numbers. They love interceptions, pass breakups, right, right. stuff like that. He had, he had some of the best numbers in Mississippi State history in a single season as a freshman and got nothing from it yeah. nationally or regionally. Yeah. That's been a surprise to me. Maybe like top five cornerback in the country, you know, we can argue that, but He's definitely got to be considered one of the best cornerbacks in the SEC, and he hasn't for two years in a row. Um, and I think that's, that's, only, that's only good for Mississippi State and good for him because he keeps that chip on his shoulder that's only going to make him a better player. I think that the other thing to consider in this is 
State's cornerback room has gotten really good all of a sudden, or at least it is good on paper. And when you consider where it was, think about like signing day, like two days before signing day in December, right? When you weren't sure that DeCarlos Nicholson was coming to Mississippi State, that Marcus Banks was sort of on the radar, but a lot of people thought he was going to Miami, myself included. Um, you know, obviously Hunter, uh, oh, what's his last name? Washington, Hunter Washington wasn't on the radar at all. You didn't know that DeCameron Richardson was going to have the great spring that he had, right? And we were all like, God, what is Darcel McBath doing? This room is all of a sudden you've got what four guys who were four stars or better, depending on the recruiting service you, you, you look at. And 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 then, or I guess five now that I think about it with, with Washington. So there's a lot of talent in that room and a lot of potential. And it looks like whoever is going to be aside from Forbes is going to be pretty good. So got an opportunity, a real opportunity here for him to sort of turn into Emerson that look, don't pick on Forbes because you know what he can do. If he gets his hands on the ball, let's go to the other side. And that gives him some real opportunities there. I think. Yeah. And that, that's really the key. Cause I, th- I think Forbes is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, the key is, is those other guys right. stepping in Marcus Banks and Carlos Nicholson, those guys stepping up to the plate and to Cameron Richardson and becoming a, you know, an Emmanuel, Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. Because I, I think Forbes can be just as good as Emerson and just as productive and maybe even more so from a numbers perspective. Um, I'm not worried about him. Those other guys have, have got to step up and be the next Emmanuel Forbes. And the other, of course, the other side of that coin is that with a defense like Zach Arnett likes to run aggressive, that three three five defense, you got to have good corners. Yeah, and it looks like states. They're going to be have. by themselves a lot of many, times. Many, many times. Many many there's times. There's not going to be a whole lot of double coverage out there. Those guys are, are on their own island. No so, um, you got the you got a spotlight on you out there. I don't think Emmanuel Forbes is shying away from. He's that. not afraid of the spotlight. No, no question, no question. All right. Tomorrow's show, obviously, we'll preview Mississippi State, Texas A&M, but we'll talk some football, too. Maybe a little basketball recruiting. The portal is starting to heat up for Mississippi State, and, and, and some guys are – some names are starting to crop up that are they're big-time names. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, come oh, Brian Haydad. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Your ass better call somebody! Talk Mississippi Media Production.